Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World One One Podcast, Episode Two. I am your host this today, or for this episode, Mr. Eddie V. And joining me is Mr. Adrian Nieto. Hello, and Mr. Larry Giver. Whoop! There it is. Oh my goodness! I was listening to that song too. It came on the radio, <laughs> and I was straight. <laughs> I was just like, oh my goodness, this is straight nineties. Uh, and then they play, and then they play my boo. I was just like, oh my goodness, I want to hear all this Atlanta bounce music back in the, from ninety five and up. They used to be just that. Oh wow, uh, sorry about that, everybody. Just had a <laughs> throwback, but thank you guys for joining for this episode. Um, we are going to have a good discussion for you, and thank you everybody for listening to our first episode. I got some responses saying uh, they really enjoyed it, so I can't wait for more people to hear that. Um, so we once again thank you. Uh, in episode two, we have some good topics. We're going to be talking about retro style comebacks. Uh, we're going to talk about VR, and we're also going to talk about the Wii U's exit. But first, we have a new segment. It's called Indie Watch, and we're going to be talking about upcoming indie games um, coming to you that you guys might like. You might be interested. So, Larry, tell us what your Indie Watch is. Um, well, it's halfway out already. Uh, I've been uh, eyeballing and keeping an eye on a game called Armacrog. Um, it's out on PC already, and it's still on its way for uh, Wii U yet. Um, but Armacrog is done by the, uh, fine folks that were responsible for the Neverhood way back when, and the, uh, follow-up for that was, um, Skull Monkeys, and it's a, a delightful, wonderful claymation game. Um, Armacrog is, that, that same art style and sense of humor just follows a new set of characters, uh, including a, a crashed astronaut and, uh, his talking blind bird dog thing. Uh, it's very much, you know, point and click style adventure, much like uh, the Neverhood was. Um, and it's one of those that just continues to make me question why, for the love of God, have we not gotten more point and click adventure style games, new and old, on the Wii U at this point? It, it's one of those things that always seemed like a, a very common sense fit given the input of the touchpad. Um, but Hopefully, you know, given this, we'll see maybe a few more before the uh, the Wii U makes its way out and we're on to the NX next. Well, Telltale Games haven't uh, really developed anything a lot for the point-and-click, or um, Sierra Games haven't made a point-and-click. I don't even know if Sierra Games are still available, still out. Uh, I believe Sierra is doing the uh, the new King's Quest, if I remember right. Oh, yeah. Well, awesome. Um, I, I was watching the trailer for Armacrog, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, this looks really nice. Um, it is available for Steam uh, for and good old games for $24.99 for the regular version. Um, the Deluxe Edition is $29.99. Um, I am going to pick it up for Wii U once it drops. Uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Clay Fighter mixed with, uh, mixed with Out of This World. Uh, frame rate it, it it's kind of weird but it looks really really nice uh so that's armor croc adrian what is your indie watch so there's this game that i backed on kickstarter a couple of years ago um it's called mystic searches um i don't usually back kickstarter games unless they're they they really speak to me 
I back Mighty Number no. Nine. Of course, I'm a big Mega Man fan. Everybody knows that. Uh, so that was a no-brainer. And I backed um, Ukulele. Uh, again, uh, it's a Banjo Kazooie, uh, basically for the new ages. And I love Banjo Kazooie as well. So it was a no-brainer back in those two. Um, but Mystic Searches, though, um, it was quite an interesting story. Uh, if you look at their uh, old Kickstarter campaign from, um, hmm, I want to say 2013 or early 14. That sounds um, about right. Yeah. Um, the uh, the guy that is making the game, Joe Granato, uh, Granato, however you pronounce his name, I really don't know. Um, he <clears throat> he basically was saying how he had this idea for an NES game when he was a kid, and he wrote a letter to Nintendo saying like, "Hey, can we make this game? And why not? Or send us what we can, what you can for us to make this game." When he was a kid, right? And Nintendo, of course, sent him a response saying like, "You know, uh, we appreciate your 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 love for." Our products, but we unfortunately cannot do that. Um, so he forgot about it until recently, and that's when he launched the Kickstarter. Uh, and he shows his passion for the NES era, for all the school RPGs like Final Fantasy and um, what's the other one that you guys like so much? Um, Dragon Warrior. Dragon Warrior, yeah, thank you. Um, and stuff like that, right? Uh, so he put a team together to make this new game, Mystic Searches. A brand new NES game that is going to work on the actual console. Uh, so if you get like a physical copy of the game, which I back that level, you were you are gonna be able to play it on an NES like the way it's meant to be played, right? Um, so that's pretty cool. I thought that was fantastic. He, his Kickstarter was also to create like a documentary of the process of how to do that and all his journey toward doing so, and um, a digital manual on how to make your own. NES game. So, of course, as a game developer, that really spoke to me. And I was like, man, like, this dude has passion and drive, and he knows what he's doing. So, of course, please take some of my money. I totally want to – I want to have this product. Um, and, then, like, I follow I follow the uh, um, Facebook page, and I actually have uh, Joe on Facebook. And, um, like, every time they post something about the game, and like, man, I'm so excited. Just, just please give it to me already. Like, I want to play Mystic Searches. Like – Sounds so cool, and if if possible, he's also gonna make like this newer version of the game that is gonna work on Wii U, and you're gonna be yeah. able to connect the Wii U version and the NES version together. So if you unlock something on the NES version, you can bring that to the Wii U version. If you unlock something on the Wii U version, you can you can pass that onto the uh, NES version. So is that there is a really cool uh, transferring mechanic that we haven't seen since, like honestly, what? the GameCube days and they barely used that on with the Game Boy cable. So yeah. I, I'm super excited to see what's going to come up for that. Did you guys got a time to, to check it out or no? Um, I, uh, I know when you show, you printed the uh, trailer printed, um, you posted the trailer on Facebook and uh, that was the last time I seen of it, but I was very interested in that. Um, I seen a video where one of his artists is doing like concept art and it's kind of like fast moving and he has the main character and this kind of demon. Um, and it looks really, really cool. Um, that's the as much as I seen it. And then I really, I found out today that he, um, uh, was doing a Wii U version for it, and so they showed a little bit off of that. That was the last thing that I seen of it. I uh, I remember seeing that when it popped up a couple years ago, and unfortunately, I kind of uh, lost track of it from there. But I remember looking at that, going, 
God, that looks really fucking cool, and I would totally be down for that. Yeah, um, you know, like, uh, everybody knows, um, I like RPGs, I just don't have the time for them. Um, the few RPGs that I've played in the last couple of years uh, were because of the NBC Book Club, or just things that I touched for like an hour or so, and they were like, this is fantastic, I'm going to come back to this, and then I never do, because, again, don't really have the time. Um, but I like, I know, man, like I'm sure as soon as Mystic Searches drops, I'm going to drop everything. It's going to be all hands on deck, just Mystic Searches for, I want to play for like at least a good weekend, right? Like I'm going to take a Friday off. I'm going to order some pizza, some wings. Um, (laughs) I'm going to order, I'm going to get some beer as well. And I'm going to get the weekend off as well. I'm just going to be playing for an entire weekend, get as far as I can. And then, you know, uh, keep playing it whenever I get a chance. But I want to like a whole weekend of just Mystic Search. Like I, I honestly cannot wait for that game. And I kind of, nice. I, I really hope that he brings it uh that game to Wii U also, like to the eShop, like to buy. Because I mean, I don't, I don't own my NES, and I would have to go find like uh, a garage sale or go to a Salvation Army and get the cores and everything to find it. But I really, it really looks good. Um, I can't really wait till you finish it. Uh. You guys can check out his Kickstarter. Um, just look it up, uh, Mystic Searches. Um, he has a trailer on Facebook, and he has a trailer on um, YouTube. So just uh, type up Mystic Searches. Anything else, Adrian, um, about it? Uh, you know, he's doing some interesting things with, uh, like, jumping mechanics and stuff like that that we don't really, like, we saw on a couple of... Um, not RPGs, but of course adventure games like Mario and um, uh, I guess uh, Legend of Zelda 2 is it's also uh, the Adventure of Link. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of like an RPG and you jump there. Uh, but this is a top-down game, right? So yes. jumping jumping in, in a top-down perspective in a 2D plane, it looks really weird, but he's making it work, right? And there is some stuff in which you like you jump and then you use your um, – he has like a, uh, like a loot – um, which is like a small guitar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The character is a bard, by the way, which I also thought it was fantastic. Like I'm playing a bard on a D&D campaign, and bards are like the weirdest characters to have an RPG for, but man, like he's making it work, right? And um, so like he jumps and then like goes down like um, Link or Shovel Knight, but in like top-down perspective. So it looks really weird, but it really works as well, right? So again, I cannot wait for to play this game. Yeah, it's it, I I when something like that, I always look at the shadows for that attack because if my shadow is over the mm-hmm. enemy and matches up, I, that's when I do it, and I can't wait for that yep. to you know happen. All right, uh, thank you guys for that indie watch. Uh, we're going to get out to our first discussion. Uh, Retro style combat, uh, combat, <laughs> comeback has it been successful in the last five to ten years? Uh, if you look at something like Shovel Knight. Um, and the success story, uh, it really, it really not only hit Nintendo and PC and 3DS, um, it became available for all the consoles. Um, and now that the digital version and the physical version is out, people are still giving it like high praise, um, for that game. Cause they kind of miss that old NES style retro playing of games. Um, have you guys feel like, you know, the combat has the comeback for that uh NES retro style games, eight bit style games. You think it's been successful in the last five to ten years? I think it's been tremendous. Um 
you know, there, there's been so much. And frankly, I, I think a lot of that you, you can almost attribute back to uh, some of the stuff that dropped on WiiWare going back to things like Mega Man 9 uh, and the BitTrip series really driving a lot of that, which I, I think led way to things like Fez um, and some of the, the retro-style mechanics of some of the older genres, stuff like Castle Crashers, where you saw beat-em-ups, you know, have a good solid run again. And, uh, you know, going forward into things like Shovel Knight and uh, Axiom Verge, which I cannot tell you how thrilled I am that that is coming to Wii U finally. You should come to 3DS, though. I don't care where it comes, as long as it shows up on a system that I have, because I want to play it for the love of God. Yep. Uh, you know, yeah, like, I, I totally agree um, with you, Larry. I think uh, thanks to, to stuff like, you know, like Kickstarter and stuff like that, right? And like cons and uh, other places, there's been a, a like, a, you know, people are falling in love again with, I mean, of course, we never stopped loving those old school um, retro games. But now new people, new generations are playing um, new older games, I guess, and they're um, they're lovingly just the same. Actually, I had a kid um, on one of my shifts a couple of days ago. Uh, no, it wasn't a couple of days ago. It was three, maybe two weeks ago. Um, who was like, he was looking at the Amiibo and the stuff. And he was looking for the Shovel Knight Amiibo. And of course, Shovel Knight is kind of like sold out here at the moment. But it was like, I was very much surprised to see this kid was like seven, eight, nine tops, right? And he was looking for Shovel Knight. That just shows me how, man, like how a game like Shovel Knight is so strong that for a kid like nine years old, he's like super looking forward to getting them to get in the Shovel Knight amiibo. He loves the game, loves the character, loves everything about it, right? And that makes me that makes me really happy. Do you think that uh, something wonderful as fast like you uh, mentioned, Larry? Um, you know, it was good for what it was, but it also had its problems. Um, do you think a lot of people who now are getting into that style of that modern retro style of games, do you think they're able to handle the stuff that we had to go through back in the old school days? Because, you know, a, a lot of people don't have to handle the slowdown or, you know, have to blow in a cartridge and stuff to get your game working and graphics glitching and stuff. You know, I think a lot of people haven't, like, realized that when they play games. Do you think um, with that, with, you know, modern games being, you know, fixing those problems and stuff, do you guys think that uh, kids or, like, uh, people who that's now getting into retro-style games, do you think they need to experience, like, the problems that came with the games? No, because for me, I mean, the the biggest thing to really take away from the old stuff was so much of the challenge that was there that's not present in a lot of, you know, contemporary big AAA stuff, you know, that comes out now. And for me, you know, being able to pick up a, you know, something on virtual console that I had, you know, 25 years ago and just get straight to it and not have to wonder is my game going to freeze? Am I going to have to reboot the damn system? You know, that's that's a huge turn-on for me, and frankly, I think that's a tremendous boon for, you know, retro gaming, period. And that's that's something that I am perfectly okay with letting the uh, the old stuff like those those hitches 
and problems fall away. You you nailed it. I I can't say anything else besides that. Well, well the reason why I bring that up, um, uh, last month we covered The Legend of Zelda for the NES, and it seemed that it was a very difficult game for a lot of people. Like they they didn't know what to do, or it felt very diff very difficult and challenging trying to find stuff and without looking for looking at a guide or talking to people about the game you know they found it very difficult to get into uh, some people did finish it some people haven't finished it but they were just like you know surprised at how deep it was but yet challenging because it didn't give you no direction where games nowadays kind of give you directions on what to do and where to go um do you think more people need to experience that because uh, like f like for me definitely even though I love the modern retro style games, I don't have a Ninja Gaiden to go back to. Like, there's no indie developer making that old Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and, well, 1 and 2, I should say. There's no developer making a game like that. Dishwasher. Yeah. I played Dishwasher and I immediately felt like, ooh, Ninja Gaiden, but extra bloody. I don't care if Dishwasher. Yeah, it's for the uh, Xbox Live Arcade. Oh, yeah. But see, I think stuff like that. I, I graphic graphic style. Um, let's touch on graphic style. Did you think the eight like pixel eight bit makes that retro style more authentic in a way, or um, do you think like a HD kind of look look and feel to it makes it like very retro, like guacamole? You know, we'll the first thing that comes up definitely uh, guacamole. I'm sorry, guacamole, <laughs> guacamole. Uh, it it takes the inspiration of Super Metroid, but it's a HD like a new design look where Axiom Verge has that eight bit. Well, I want to say it is somewhat eight bit, but you know, it's running a little bit faster because of the graphical style and the power of the PlayStation, I should say, or PC. Well, no, I mean, if we go by that, like Shovel Knight has a bunch of colors that won't run on an NES, but the graphics are NES-inspired, right? Like, if probably if you take some of the um, some of the colors out and stuff, it will probably run on an NES. Uh, it will take some work, but of course, but it will. I'm, I think it will probably uh, do it better. Um, but yeah, it's it's. <clears throat> I don't think it has anything to do with how it sharps the uh, graphics look. It's it's all about the gameplay. The good thing about all those games back in the NES, the Super Nintendo, was how <clears throat> with little to no direction, you were just out there exploring the world, and it was a compelling gameplay that you were you were having right like i mean of course when the super nintendo hit you had a bit more of a story and background like uh wing to the past and super metroid earthbound of course um but on the nes it was all about the gameplay Mega Man, mario uh ducktales right like that was another great game and the thing with these newer games is that sometimes they try whenever they try to imitate old school stuff i think they add way too many things to appeal to um, a younger uh, demographic that didn't grow up with those um, games. Like, for example, in Wacamele, they always explain to you, okay, this is how you hit, this is how you do the combo, you just gain a new ability, this is how you activate the ability, and stuff like that, right? While Shovel Knight, if you really think about Shovel Knight, the first level, 
they they don't tell you anything about how to do anything. You start walking, you find an enemy, you hit a button, and you're like, oh, or you just flip it with your with your shovel, and the enemy dies. Oh, okay, cool. This is how I hit enemies. Then you start doing more stuff. Uh, later on, there is a place where you can't jump high enough, but there is a bubble that appears, and you're like, well, what do I do with the bubble? You pop it, no, nothing happens. The bubble appears again. That's weird. You jump on the bubble. The bubble hits you. Right, that's not it. So now I'm going to jump on the bubble. I'm going to press down. Oh, I bounce out of the bubble with my shovel. Okay, so this is something new that I can do that I didn't know how to do before. You learn that by 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 playing and by trying and, you know, repeating the process. While some newer games are trying to imitate that old school feeling, they go like, oh, no, do this and do that and shoot like this or shoot here. They show you a lot, a, a lot of stuff. So... Uh, maybe too I'm too in love with holding. Yeah, exactly. They like, I, you know what? Like, I, I know everyone is excited for action version with you, and truth be told, I'm I'm excited to to play action version as well. I, I remember when the game came out, I was like, man, finally a reason to use my beta. Charge my beta. I buy a twenty. No, I didn't buy anything. I was gonna use my credit card. I like, I got my credit card out, and I go into the PS beta store. Nothing. It's like, oh. That's just odd. So start checking online. Oh, no, it dropped on PC and PS4 first. Great. So the one time that I wanted to use this stupid machine, I, the game is not even available yet. Fine, whatever, I'll wait. Man, like, that was like a year ago. The game is just coming out on beta now. I don't care. Like, honestly, I don't care anymore. And I played the demo on PS4 and was like, I, I don't understand what people are saying. Like, oh, this is better than Super Metroid. Honestly, the game, no, no, it's not better than Super Metroid. Sorry, well, it, it, it looks cool and it feels cool, but it's not better. Than Super and, and the thing about it is the way that, not not that it plays the, but there's just some things about it that doesn't represent like Super Metroid. Like I feel like Super Metroid is a little bit cleaner and crisp. And has kind of a better design than Axiom Verge. You know, I think Axiom Verge is enemy wise is. Yeah. Uh, uh, like the backgrounds and everything. Like I was playing action versions. Like, man, like, okay, uh, what, what was it? Criteria or Criterion? The first level. Criterion. Criterion. Okay. Uh, like that level, you know, it feels like it's alive. Like he has a personality. And then you go to Brainstorm. Like, holy crap! Like again, it feels alive. It, it has its own personality. It's very different. Like everything in action version feels. And it feels very generic. It feels a lot the same. It doesn't have that personality. No, it does not. And again, I'm not this. You know, this way sometimes I hate attacking uh, something because everyone then says like, "Oh, but that's because you don't like PlayStation." But you know like, what? No, it's... has nothing to do with PlayStation. Uh, I'm an indie developer. I love indie games. Everybody should know this by now. I freaking love indie games. Hold, hold on, like, there's a Splatfest going on right now. Pokemon Tournament just dropped yesterday, and I was playing freaking Mutant Mutt. Mm-hmm. That's me. This, that's, uh, this is this guy. Uh, that's what I play. That's what I enjoy playing the most, right? And, and, and I, so, don't feel, I don't see for, it as you attacking Sony or attacking Axiom Verge. It's just that when you're trying to do something that, that inspires you from the source material, um you kind of have an expectation of it 
having that quality meet that source material you know and and i kind of actually put it on the notes that definitely with this modern retro style there's too many metroidvania style games and a lot of people, there's no such thing you shut your dirty whore mouth I, but, 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 you, but but think about it when it comes to retro style games we don't have anything like a uh, gradius or our our type we don't have anything like like i said ninja gaiden or castlevania you know we don't have that eight bit retro style games that really give us a that really gave us a challenge. Like, where's Adventures of um, what was the uh the Hudson Soft one where the dude is on the uh skateboard and is jumping? Um, and I I can't think of it. Um, uh, or you know we don't have something like Bunk or you know from Turbo Graphics sixteen. We we don't have that kind of stuff anymore. Every time an indie developer com- well not every time an indie developer comes out. Uh some of the indie developers that bring out a game, it's gonna be a Metroidvania style game. And it's and it's just too many. Like the la- the only people that I could actually uh recognize that actually released an old school style game, like you said earlier, Larry, was Capcom with Mega Man Nine and Mega Man Ten. That's balls hard, but that's the that's that's the uh, idea of a retro style game because that's what we played. If you go back and play Mega Man One and Mega Man Two or even Mega Man Three, and not even look up how to uh, defeat the enemies or what the process is. You will like be like I don't want to play this no more. You would give up, but with modern retro style games, they make it they made it a little bit easier for people to play. And you know I love Guacamelee. Uh, that that one is good. Um, uh, what was the other one? Well, not Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is kind of different. That's a different style of genre. Um, I was gonna say like you're making too many arguments, and Shovel Knight does not fit any of them. <laughs> Um, we was talking See, about... and I, I think Shovel Knight, you can definitely feel an influence from a, a number of different, you know, big name retro series. You know, you can feel that that touch of Mega Man. You can, uh, God, you can feel the touch of Mega Man. Can I tell you? you know, I don't you... feel I don't feel none of Mega Man is Shovel Knight. Really? I feel none of it. I am surprised. I'm. And you nah, want to know? You want to know? I don't even want to talk to you, you anymore. You want to know why I don't? <laughs> Let me tell you. You want to know why I don't feel none of it? Because I'm curious. Um, when it comes to Mega Man, it's not the platforming that I'm thinking of. It's the bosses, and there's no boss selection in Shovel Knight. It, it really, it really, it really is not. You, you. There's no. There is, but there is not though. Like, right. but of course, comes... you can. It's it's not like you can go to any of them right. and just do whatever. But but you don't receive. You can... none, but you don't receive none of the enemy's powers when it comes to when it comes to Mega Man. Definitely, this is just for me. When it comes to Mega Man, um, and there, uh, it. I'm just like it's me going to the bosses and seeing what power works. I don't really care about the platforming game. Why? Because I could throw in something like from the Super Mario uh, world and play better platforming than that. I played Ducktales. Yeah, but that's Rescue that, that's Raiders. different though, right? Like, right. The the things that you're 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 kind of judging Mega Man on the one thing. Mega Man is more than that. Mega Man, yes, it, it's true. Mario, it's a better, it's a way better platforming than Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Nothing is saying that that's not true though. But platforming on Mega Man is a lot tighter. Than on Mario, hands yeah, it's down. It's a lot more uh, pixel perfect precision. Yeah, exactly. Which Mario? Which I mean, it works on Mega Man, but it wouldn't work on Mario, right? Like if you were, if you had to have 
perfect, a pixel perfect precision on Mario, you will flip the F out. I think you it will has throw perfect. the controller. I, I think it has perfect, a perfect position. I just think people got to play it no, better. No, Mario, Mario, is, Mario's jump is too which, floaty, though. But, well, not, I think that with with the way that they changed it now, probably yes. Uh, if you, I, I think if you Since play the beginning, Mario's jump is too floaty. It's too, it's too far and too high. I don't think so. What do you mean you don't think so? I That's think Mario. So. I, I, That's like this stupid Mario. <laughs> Larry's enjoying this. You want to know why? Um, because if. I would say if you play when you play Mario One and definitely Super Mario Brothers Two, you can know the jumping difference, and maybe a little bit of Super Mario Brothers Three, where I think they kind of perfected in Super Mario Brothers Three, but Three is a little bit more challenging. It has a little bit more design to it. Um, I think the the jumping in Super Mario Brothers Two is is easier. You know, it, it's it's very That's it's it's, it's, per, it's perfect. But like I said, but I Super played Mario it. Bros. 2 is not Super Mario Bros. Though, huh? Super Mario Bros. 2 is not Super Mario Bros. That's the thing, right? Right, and that's why I said the jumping in Super Mario Bros. 2 is different than Super Mario Bros. 1. Exactly, but, but now you're comparing you're comparing that, and you're saying like the jump on Super Mario Bros. 2 it's like more precise. Right. I, but said, I said you can see the difference from Mario 1. Yeah, to no, Mario no, 2. and you totally can, but it's because yeah. they're two. Completely different, it's a different games. games, and that's why I said that's even not a just bit different games. Game. That's different series. Exactly, like Mario Two is not canon. But it's not though. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Two, Mario uh, I, do not play, canon. Uh, like, I do want to play. I do want to play the original version on anything, on anything that if they, they they they've done on the Mario. If they were to release uh, the Legend of Mario timeline, it won't or Historia. Sorry, that's that's the name of the thing. Um, Mario Two won't be anywhere. It will right. maybe be like a footnote. Mario got drunk at the end of this game and had this weird lucid dream. That's it. But you know what's weird? But it's so weird that they incorporated things from Mario Brothers Two into like a lot of the series. Well, yeah, like the shy guys were the first time they hey, appear in Mario. 2. Look at Captain Treasure Tracker, <laughs> Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. You're hitting mugs with uh with turnips. That was all Mario Brothers too. Yeah, but that was like twenty something years later. <laughs> but I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. That's definitely for me trying to get I back. I think they continue to do that more just to play on people's uh, nostalgia factor, right. just because you know it, it was it was a thing of the time. But you know they they do recognize too that at this point the the knowledge is so commonplace that 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 wasn't Mario Brothers two that was like Super Doki Doki Panic Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean when it we co- officially renamed that to Super Doki Doki Panic Brothers, <laughs> I, really I think really it will, just got better. I really want to yeah. play that original version. I mean, Super but Doki when Doki Brothers, definitely yeah. for me, <laughs> with Shovel Knight, I would say it's more of Ducktales than it is Mega Man. Oh, it is, it is. Yes, the thing is like. Uh, you're trying to think of Shovel Knight of the one thing. I don't think Shovel Knight is one thing, man. Like I think Shovel Knight has a little bit of uh, the Adventure of Link, a lot of Ducktales, a bit of Mega Man, some Mario Three. Like it's this whole combination of really awesome games mm-hmm. merged together in a very unique package that doesn't make it feel generic like the rest of the things that are coming out i I would say if it took anything from mega man 2 um i would say airman's level yeah oh propeller knight 
That's that's pretty much the only thing because I'm like uh, to really throw it in like some of the level design is kind of like Castlevania almost in a way. I um mm-hmm. I got a, I, I got a friend. I can see that maybe a little bit. You know, a little bit, yeah. And that's well, like, that's uh, part of the magic of Shovel Knight too, is yeah. that you can taste the influences from mm-hmm. different series and different franchises, but you don't get so much of any one of them that it feels like you're just playing something that you know they rehashed and reskinned. Oh, I'm just it's playing Dogtales. Way right. to blend them together. Yeah, but exactly. I will. I will say this uh, for people who have played uh, Shovel Knight, I do recommend you to play. Uh, like if you have a Wii U or 3DS of these games, or not download, I should say, um, if you could get a way to play like Ninja Gaiden and Mario Brothers and Mega Man, and you know, like some of the real old school platforming, and go through those games expecting a challenge, don't give up because I I think that Shovel Knight plays it safe that you don't have to give up where those games it's just like look you got one shot to run through this whole game and we're gonna do, throw so much challenge at you that you might be upset but you gonna feel more victorious that you defeated a level and be able to brag to your friends over something like Shovel Knight you I don't think you'll be able to brag as much over Shovel Knight defeating the level yeah you might be like yeah I got through this level I beat this game it was an awesome experience in music but shoot be tell your friends yeah I was I hate that ego in Ninja Gaiden but you know what I was able to get through that level and defeat that boss I died 15,000 times but it was worth it compared to where Shovel Knight is just like yeah I got to the checkpoint I saved the game for it. like pause the game right there and then continue from where I left off. Like, and I, you know I, what too, Shovel Knight does a great job of giving you the option of you know increasing the challenge. You can destroy those checkpoints. Yeah. You've got a great risk reward system in place if you really mm-hmm. want to jack up your challenge. But don't that forget, was a yeah. very clever way to do it. But see, don't forget, in, on the NES days, we didn't ha- we didn't know where the checkpoint was at. <laughs> we we when we you died, just hoped to God there was one <laughs> exactly. Oh, trust me, Ninja Gaiden. I have prayed to God so many times and thank Him. I was about to have sing a choir, uh, uh, slave musical, whatever. Every time I got to a checkpoint, because I did not want to go back. But that was the charm. That was the way that uh, that retro style gaming was. Um, last last point I want to ask you guys, and we're gonna get on move on to the next point. Um, why haven't we seen any sixteen bit appearances? Like, why haven't anyone really made a sixteen bit? Uh, style game. It's not. It's not as good looking as eight bit. That's the thing. I wonder if that might be coming somewhere down the line too. Somebody's gonna go. You know what? We've we've done so much of the the eight bit era stuff. You know, maybe it's time to revisit the sixteen bit and see. You know, relook at at that generation and what can we do with that now that we couldn't do twenty years ago with the Super Nintendo. And I know, I know you want to get off of this real quick, but I just want to throw out there, I know you were talking about, you know, how so many people in book club didn't, you know, make it through Zelda. I just want to say, by the way, you know, talking about guides, used to be we made our own damn guides. You got out a pen and a paper and you made your own damn guide, and that's a skill set that went away that I think Fez did a brilliant job of bringing back. You were playing Fez. 
you, if you were smart, you got out a pen and paper if you wanted to actually figure that game the hell out. I would actually go further than The Legend of Zelda. Fantasy Star for the sake of Master System. Oh, my good, God, yes. Good luck on beating that game without a map. or a, I haven't played it, and I fear if I play it, I might be like, I might not want to play RPGs for the sake of Master System ever again. <laughs> Cause I I heard stories about that game and yeah like but I'm I'm interested in playing it. Um, any last words? Any uh, console you can get it. I know, I know. Uh, any last words about it? No, I I just I, it makes me sad that you know the the art of you know making your own maps and you know getting out of pen and paper and taking notes is a lost art now that's that's something i miss dearly i do have fond fond memories of you know mapping out shit in zelda and in metroid and figuring it out for yourself and seeing how it all pieced together you know when you piece it you're like oh my god wow it really is one big cohesive thing that i can draw and it all works i miss that yeah i don't miss that really but (laughs) i just like to say uh... Now, also, Shovel Knight, it's a perfect game. Y'all, oh, go yes. and buy that shit. Please, get it for 3DS. Just curse, damn it. Just, if, if you have it for Wii U or PC or whatever, if you don't own it, get that game. I have it for Wii U and 3DS. I, oh, that game is just so amazing. I so much love it. That's what made 2014 so hard. It was between Shovel Knight and it was between Bayonetta 2. Oh, why did what public so, service announcement? If you're gonna get Shovel Knight, if you can get it for the 3DS or the Wii U, go get a physical copy. Comes with the soundtrack, yeah, and the book and an actual yes. instruction booklet. Not Holy only that, like a good 40-page book full of gorgeous art. Oh my oh god, my god, yes. dude, I love, I love Jack Clock games. Like, man, it's like five bucks for a physical copy. That you hold can on, on, Larry. I, I think I think we met after after I said this, but like, dude, I love Shovel Knight so freaking much that one, I got a copy for my Wii U digitally. Mm-hmm. After I beat it originally on the 3DS digitally as well, of course. Uh-huh. When it came out physically, I bought a 3DS physical copy for myself. Got that. One for Wii U that I that I gave a friend as a as a birthday present, right? So he could play the game, and we could play together with the Amiibo and the stuff like that, right? Hey, and after a while, after a while, I found another Wii U copy that I bought again for myself. Adrian. So oh, yeah. I, I've bought five copies Adrian, of Shovel Knight. did not me and Anthony both buy you the uh, Shovel Knight Amiibo in case you couldn't get one in, in Canada? Yeah, yeah, see, like, we, that's how listen, people know. We, I literally, when it came in my store... Adrian, you were the first one I thought of before I even got one. I was just like, I have to get this for Adrian. In case Anthony or no one gets him a Shovel Knight, he will have one. And I was going to make, I literally be like, I'm going to need your address. I'm going to need to know how I need to ship this so you could get it on time. But then you told me yep. that uh, our good friend Anthony Katu, um, that he already got you one, and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna call him on this because yeah, he got me one, but he never chipped it. So to this day, to this day, I was still waiting for him to send me my shovel knife. 
<laughs> but thankfully, a friend of mine, um, he he also like he pre-ordered one from Best Buy, and then when he was amiibo hunting, he found another one. He also think of me. He was like, "Dude, I have this one. Um, of course, I can't give it to you because I'm like I, I it's not like I have tons of money." So I was like, "All right, you're you you you're missing a pit amiibo." I have an extra one. I'll give you Pit. Adrian. You gave me Shovel Knight. Oh. So today, finally, I have my Shovel Knight amiibo. I'm so freaking happy. My life is complete. <laughs> Flips the table and leaves. Dude, wait till you get to play some co-op. That shit is the hotness. Oh, oh dude, I haven't. I, I, I literally haven't now. yet, and I'm scared. I'm so scared to do it because I it's might. It's just so much like hectic chaos on the screen it's oh, great fantastic though <laughs> my, my plan my plan with this though it's i'm very good at platformers right i'm very good at retro games well mm-hmm. not very good i'm good at retro games i'm amazing at shovel knight just yeah. like that right my plan was when i was playing with my friend uh, my good friend andrew i don't know if he'll ever listen to this but i was playing with him he's not very good at shovel knight so for the longest time, I was like, you have to do this. Like, I was trying to walk him through. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Like, no, I need to play with someone that knows Shovel Knight in order to, you know, uh, dance properly to the game. I just, but it was still a fantastic experience. Uh, yes. Uh, I love Shovel Knight. It, that, that, was the ga- that was the hot game of the summer. But I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. As much as I love it, Bayonetta 2 just outbeat it for me. For my personal game of the year. Shovel Knight was hot. Trust me. Shovel Knight. Nintendo was on fire for 2014. But we're, we're going to move on to our next discussion. Which actually, which actually brings up, while we're talking about Nintendo, um, the Wii U's exit. Now, we're waiting for E3 to happen in a couple of months. Um, hopefully, they'll be talking more about in the NX. Um, everybody has been having rumors. Uh, try to leak controller pictures and stuff like that. Um, but I want to ask you guys: um, Can you can it be considered as a failure due to having a lack of third party titles? Like or or um, what's your, like? Do you think that third titles make should have made the Wii U, or do you feel like Nintendo made the Wii U itself? Nintendo and indie games really made the Wii U uh, itself. I think Nintendo systems are the only ones where. Th- the the first party exclusives difference oh, anymore. I yep. think that uh, I think my speakers just went out. No, nope, am I there? Know. You're yeah, here. You, you You're good. Hear you. I can't hear any of you. Oh no! <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna, I'm talk, gonna, I'm gonna talk. Somebody to invite me back in. Okay, right. um, Adrian, go ahead and speak. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean. The thing with third-party um, titles is that all the third-party titles that are out for all, all the other consoles, I don't care for. Like honestly, I really don't care for. I would like to play Destiny, though. Uh, that's a game that it that can that really interests me. Um, but I can buy it on my PS3. Right? So uh, that's. Hey, I think my shit works again. Awesome. Yeah, you're back. Um, uh, the Division is another game that kind of looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll buy it for PC probably. That's fine by me. So um, I don't I, like. I don't really care the lack of quote unquote third party support on the on the Wii U because man, they're, all the first party stuff they're freaking amazing. Like honestly, they're so good. And also indie titles like they they come up all the time. 
they're they're fantastic. Like Rambo that I was playing a lot recently, Mutant Mods that just came out uh, Thursday, I want to say, that I'm playing today. Uh, it was also very good. And the thing that I also like, and of course people complain about this a lot, is the wait time between titles on Nintendo platforms is big enough for me to, you know, get a game, play it properly, and save money for the next one whenever that comes out. Right? It's not like I'm just like, oh, there's a new game that came out on PS4. Bye. Oh, next week it's another game that come that came out for PS4. Bye. I'm just spending money like crazy and not playing any of those games. Right? The Wii U is the only console I have on which every time a new game drops, it's at every time I I play that game. Right? I may play it for just a month and then forget about it for a while, but at least I did play it for like. A lot, not right? Not like I still have like 20 PS3 games that are still sealed that I haven't gotten around it because, uh, oh, I have to finish this other game first before I move on. So I don't know. I don't care for the lack of third party support because I think Nintendo is just killing it with the first party and that's all I care about from Nintendo. I, I think with the like, I think it's success, it didn't need third party. Like it really was successful. of of being on his own because I'm like there's there's just so much so many great titles that people kept talking about it kept looking at like when it came to even the Nintendo Direct everybody's just like what's coming on for Wii U or what they're going to announce like it really made us interested about the games and stuff and it also have games that is now hard to find like Zombie U people Ubisoft thought that uh Nobody really cared about the game. Well, I, well, Zombie didn't actually sell well on PS3 or at 360. But like last October, everybody was just like, "I want to play Zombie U," and and has been looking and having so much interest to it, and you know stuff like that, um, which just like was definitely for me. You know, I look for like, of course, I'm a big Nintendo fan. But I'm just like everything that they showed and everything they presented just had me like like my mouth like I want this now compared to anything that was on the other systems just be like I could get that later or if I do get that game it's going to end up in my backlog because it's it's the same typical game that this company is known for and definitely with the PS3 and 360 even though they had tons of third party uh, titles and stuff half of those companies and developers closed after their game was released where Nintendo was just like, Hey, platinum want to make a game for us. Want want some money. Sure. Take my Kobe. Want to make a, want to learn how to make a great game. Yeah. Come work with us. Um, uh, Nelco Bandai Capcom, you guys in the arcade business want to make sure that you guys get some money with some hit titles. Here's Luigi mansion. Here's Mario Kart GP. Pokemon tournament. Pokemon yeah. tournament. Like it's like it's becoming. It may become one of the hardest games to find this weekend, unless you buy it on the uh, on the Wii U. But some people might have it. Like people are talking about that. You know, Splatoon was looked at like very weird when it came out, and then it, look at it: two point five, two point one million, and still going up. Like it was a big hit when it came out. If you look at Watch Dogs, for example, versus Mario Kart Eight, how many people play Watch Dogs? And how many people play Mario Kart 8? Because I think if you go online, people are still playing Mario Kart 8. Where Watch Dogs, people played it for like two weeks and gave up on it. You know, I think it was Miyamoto who said uh, that Nintendo's philosophy was to make games that you don't want to trade in. 
right? Mm-hmm. And they've done a yeah. great job of that. Exactly. Like, man, like, I, I don't trade in my games because I think this is stupid. Um, don't trade in your games. Just earn more money and buy new games. Just don't sell your shit. I mean, they could... They Unless could, you really hate the game, I in mean, which, yeah, still for it. They could trade in their games if they want to. It helps my library for the other systems. Sure, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, don't it, yeah, I, I, I quit trading shit in because I'm building a library that one day, you know, my daughter's going to be able to enjoy. Right. Well, like, yeah, exactly. Like, like my Nintendo, like my Nintendo systems, it's a day one purchase. I've, I've, I haven't, I don't buy any used games for my Nintendo consoles. Like none. PS, like the Sony's and um, the Xbox, uh, unless it's on sale or it's like it's used, that's when I will buy it from them. Because yeah, and, I, I and, and I'm not saying that the va- that was, you know that's the value of those games. It's just that I know that I'm not going to get the bang for my buck when I get them. Where I feel like when I invested in a Nintendo game, it was worth the purchase that I that I got. Yeah, and whenever you see uh, people trending in games, like Nintendo games, are normally the ones that hold the most value. Right? Like oh, yeah. you can, uh, X Smash Brothers for 3DS came out almost two years ago. Still, it still is worth like twenty five bucks, right? Like, and it's a forty forty dollar game. That is a lot of value for a game, considering that if you trade um, Watch Dogs, for example, right? Or actually, no. Let's let's say a game that came Take out. Take any sports time. game a year after it came out. Yeah, exactly. Totally drops to like ten bucks or something like that, right? Like, oh no, you're not even gonna get that out of it. Oh, that's true. The sports game is like what two bucks for for one year yeah. after? Yeah, if that. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's very true. Um, so yeah, like, uh, <clears throat> sorry, oh, wait. Um, like Nintendo games, they make games that you you think twice about trading or selling or just getting rid of, right? And it's true, man. Like, every, like whenever I look at my library, and it's like, man, like I do have, I have a lot of crap, right? Like I have a lot of stuff that are like, man, like I shouldn't have bought this. Well, then, like, I really think I'm like, well, I, maybe I shouldn't have, but I did enjoy it. Well, I sell it now, but I look at some other uh, console games. Like, I have some Xbox 360 games. Like, why why did I get it for 360? Like, I do have gotten it for PC, got it for, for PS3, and I got it for 360 instead. I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but... That's the beauty of Nintendo. You don't you don't really feel like selling your stuff because they're they're so good. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's stuff that you never want to get rid of. Yeah, and I feel like with definitely with the Wii U, like I love doing YouTube and Netflix and Hulu on the gamepad. Like when I'm walking around, when I'm doing other things, um, when I'm laying in the bed, or like you know, it's very it feels like very convenient and stuff. Um, but I love doing eight player smash with people. Um, I, I just, I love how, how the Wii U music is like, you cannot deny the elevated music that Nintendo presents is some of the best in hearing it on the Wii U. It's just so great. Like even doing the eShop or, you know, with the little gambling game and stuff like that, that feels like really cool. Like really simple games don't take forever to download compared to like PS, uh, PS three and, and, uh, three sixty and stuff like, like you could buy a game and it takes like maybe 45 minutes to download. 
you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 and it's and it's not stuff that don't that has to be very powerful. Cause look at Yoshi's Woody World graphically; it's beautiful. Super Mario 3D World is beautiful compared to something like Call of Duty or um, Grand Theft Auto. Like they're they look impressive, but you know, sometimes they just doesn't it doesn't pop, and it really doesn't stand out. Where when we talk about games on the Wii U, we definitely talk about graphic and art style and how Nintendo really tried a lot on uh, on with the Wii U compared to the other systems where everything has to be almost realistic and gritty. Like we, I, I think personally for me, like Wii U has some of the best art direction in their games compared to the other systems. Yeah. Well, that's another thing too that that gets into the argument of uh, you know graphical horsepower versus art direction and what's more important and we all look at the uh, or like, graphics yeah. graphics against gameplay like you know that 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 battle is as as big as uh, hell and heaven like it's like what do you prefer like i feel and i was and i was actually today i was demoing poking tournament right and yeah. i got i got some time um you know between uh sessions on which I just walk around the store and I was I started to look at like the PS4 games. I was like, mm, there's nothing here that interests me, right? Like, they look amazing graphic wise, but like, like they don't really look fun. So I was like, oh, it's, again, do I need a PS4? Like, no, not really. Why would I spend the money on it? So well, I was we'll like, oh, I guess I guess I just saved myself six hundred bucks. Right. Well, I definitely. With um, Nintendo, I think the indies were the third party. And definitely with Unity being so easy to um, make their games and uh, be able to program it and transfer it on Wii U, uh, I think that was, like, really cool. Because there's, like, a really lot of indie titles on the Wii U. Like, really strong titles. You mentioned Rumbo. Um, Adrian, and you know that's a really great game. Oh, we all just pray Shovel Knight. Like that's a, a, a required game. Like definitely for me, Shantae and uh, and like Shantae and the Pirate Curse or yeah, Pirate yeah. Curse. Um, very great game. Um, there's just there's just things on on the Wii U that you just that is very creative and just like plays very well on the gamepad. Like, like I really love the gamepad. Uh, trust me, I go all out for the game, uh, GameCube controller. Like that's to me, that's one of Nintendo's best controllers of all time. I love the Super Nintendo. A lot of people like that controller, but I think that the GameCube controller is the best of all time. But amen. But the Wii, uh, Super Nintendo is better. <laughs> but the Wii, <laughs> the Wii, we'll have that discussion later. Uh, the Wii U. Uh, the Wii U is very comfortable in my hands. Definitely, I have uh, with the when Xbox 360 came out, I really had a problem with that. With that, and it just didn't feel right. Um, luckily, the Xbox One controller feels good. The play the DualShock Four feels a little bit good, but like the game patch just feels so comfortable in my hand. And I, I I think a lot of people just they think that you know since the Wii U wasn't as powerful enough as a PS3 or 360 or didn't have online functionality like the other systems or, you know, really didn't do exclusives with a lot of companies and stuff like that. They didn't get the 
they didn't get the support that they the, you know nintendo did the wii u didn't get the support that it needed but i feel like to me the gamepad allowed uh, allowed a lot of creativity that could have been done on the system and i just feel like the third party really got lazy and didn't really want to feel creative they complained about development for the wii u and always think that nobody would buy their game it's not that nobody would buy buy their game they're not creative they weren't going to bring anything creative and new to the platform they just didn't want to make any games that you know required actual fucking effort. And yeah, right. And then the thing about it is, they'll hype it for the other sisters. It comes out, and like I said earlier, the their company and the developer ends up co- closing the company after the game is released. Like, why? I'm like, you didn't want to develop a game for Nintendo, but you made a game for the other two sisters, and you end up getting closed. Like how? Mm-hmm. Um, like how unfair is that? Nintendo didn't bankrupt you. In fact, Nintendo probably would have been like, hey, let us help you um, develop this game for our platform. And you, everybody look at it at this way. When it came to Hyrule Warriors, everybody went crazy and thought that it was the weirdest, oddest games and that they would never play it. People got that game in their hand and see how Nintendo and Techno Tecmo work very well together. We won't talk about Devil's Third. That's something completely different. If you yeah. play, if you play Ninja Gaiden uh, on on PS3 and 360, you will argue. The first thing you will argue about is not the well. You'll argue about the difficulty, but you will argue how terrible that camera is. Where. You don't have you, you you don't have that problem with like Nintendo like Nintendo came in and kind of helped companies and stuff to make their games really work very well on the Wii U. Look at Platinum Games; they were really good. Oh, yeah. Like they were really good with Bayonetta two, and you could see that work that they used from Bayonetta two and Transformers Devastation. Like you could actually see that. No, definitely, and that's that's absolutely true. It's it's a shame that more companies haven't reached out to Nintendo to make their shit work better, you know, and be more worthwhile on their platform. And I, I do think there is some vice versa. I think it's a shame that Nintendo hasn't done more to maybe make the system more inviting to third parties. I, I do say all credit to them for what they did with platinum with bayonetta and you know i i know it's still floating as a rumor but you know i I hope that maybe we see the same thing with ubisoft and beyond good and evil 2 because that would be fantastic as well and you know maybe that's maybe that becomes the way that nintendo um you know brings third parties more into the fold with you know by by taking some of their their projects that they're struggling getting off the ground and saying hey we'll help you with that and not only that, but we'll make it so that it's worth having on our platform, that it's it, it takes full advantage of it and, you know, really sh- take the time to show them the ropes through the development process by working hand in hand with them. Yeah, I, I, I hope so, too. I think um, Nintendo should do that more. Although if the rumors about the NX are to be believed, I don't know if they're true or not. Um, apparently it's very easy to develop for the NX, right? So 
maybe we'll see that uh, resurgence now uh, again to third parties coming to Nintendo platforms. I just hope, you know what? I just hope it's not the same. Oh, we're making. Um, just give me a game title. The division. Uh, that came out. The division. Yeah. Oh, yeah, The Division. It's been out for a year on everything else, but now you can have it on Nintendo. Like, no, I don't care about that. Nope, nope, that's too late. Just give me something new. Work on something new and stop recycling shit. Yeah, oh, God, let's let's not, you know, talk about what happened with Mass Effect on Wii U. Uh, hey, guys, Wii. here, have Mass Effect 3. Everywhere else is going to get the trilogy. Why the hell would you do that? Oh, Seriously? so, Cause, cause so just Mass Effect 3 that, that on was... the Wii U. And not hand me the trilogy instead. Where if I'm a devout, you know, Nintendo follower, Mass Effect 3 is going to be my introduction to the series. I don't want to pick up the end of your fucking series. You know, give me the trilogy on the Wii U and let me play through it all on a system where I'm comfortable and I'm happy to have it. I'll even go further than that, uh, Larry. Why the heck are you trying to give me the latest Madden that's almost two years old? If I'm playing oh, Madden, uh, right? If that's... I'm playing Madden 13, I should my game should not be Madden 11 hidden under uh, Madden 13 name. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. So we're gonna get. And everybody blames Nintendo for that, but it shouldn't be. Well, whatever. No, they can't on. blame Nintendo for that. That was EA. <laughs> Because EA, yeah. EA, the thing about that, EA not only screwed Nintendo, EA actually screwed uh, Sony. Uh, no, yeah, EA actually screwed the Vita owners who got that game because that was like uh, the same thing as the Wii U version. Like that was two years behind. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get to our last discussion, and that's VR. Um, GDC was this week, um, this past week. And they had a conference. Sony had a conference there and announced that the PlayStation VR was going to be priced at three ninety nine, and it'll be available this October. Um, it does require the PlayStation camera. Um, they also showed off what all comes with it. And uh, after um, uh, like March twenty second, uh, you know, before this recording comes uh, out. Um, they will have uh, pre-orders. I don't. They might be sold out by then uh, for the bundle that comes with the camera. Um, and people are talking about, you know, how comfortable it is. And people are debating if they're going to get it or not get it. Uh, also, uh, the uh, Vive is priced at six ninety nine, and the Oculus Rift is priced at five ninety nine with a fifteen hundred dollar plus computer tag. Uh, like you need a really high power uh, rig to do to even play the Oculus Rift. Um, and it doesn't come with any, any controllers, but for the PlayStation VR, you can use your Move controllers or you could use your DualShock 4 controllers. Um, what do you guys think personally of virtual reality? Is it the next step for video game evolution? Or do you think that this is just a accessory to, um, you know, complement that system or, you know, to give some people certain experiences? I think the only VR that matters came from the 90s, and that was VR Troopers. <laughs> All right, love, terrible TV flashback aside. No, I love that show. We are VR. We are. Wow. Oh, God. You guys totally dated yourselves there. I am entirely aware of this. I, I'm convinced I was born an old man. I'm pretty sure I came out screaming, get off my lawn. 
no, but uh, coming back to the topic, though, um, VR can create new experiences, right? Uh, I, honestly, um, any 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 console, any software, anything can create new experiences. It really depends on how you harness um, how you harness that, that, that those new experiences, right? Um, like for example, the Wii was a new experience, right? It was the whole motion stuff, right? Like the Wii Sports was fantastic. Mario Galaxy was another one, stuff like that, right? Yes. Um, the Connect, as much as people hate it, it was actually really cool. Like I remember getting Connect Adventures. I was like, man, this is like this is super crazy. I'm getting tired. I'm sweating, but this is actually quite fun. Like yeah, for parties and stuff I like that. Dance I played Dance Central too. Dance Central too was really nice. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So VR can can it create new experiences, totally. It totally can, and it probably will. Um, are there those experiences out now, or will they be out this year? I don't know. I find it really hard to believe. If there is one game that I'm waiting for, and I think did we touch on this last week? Yeah, on about the, the Sword uh, Art Online. Yeah, the Sword Art Online. Yeah, that's the oh. one game that I'm like really waiting for, right? Um, so we'll 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 see. I mean, again, we talked about this last week. I have to wait for the one thing that will make me want to get a VR experience, right? Yeah, right, right now. I I don't know if there's any experience out there that I, I find driving enough to for justify vr at this point and i think a lot of that comes from the fact of holy fuck bare minimum is 400 bucks it costs the same as the damn system did it costs more for than an system. accessory you know yeah exactly i'm just uh, you've I, it's I, 400 I, it's 400 plus the 50 of the camera plus whatever the move um things are plus the game so it's not just 400 you're really expending like five fifty, six hundred bucks. But you also yeah, gotta add if you don't have a PlayStation Four for P, uh, PSVR. Like if you which, don't. which was the one reason when everyone was like, "Oh, PlayStation VR is so cheap." Like it's not. Like I don't have a PS4. For me, it's gonna be like almost a thousand bucks just to get everything right. If you decide and that like, you want it, yes. And exactly right. So in my like in my case, like I have a very good computer, it's somewhat VR ready. Why not get an Oculus Rift instead? It will work me for better stuff, and it's cheaper than buying a new console with the whole other stuff. So yeah, I, that's, that's between the price tag, and I just haven't seen anything that's really driving and compelling enough. For me to go, this is why I have to have VR. You know, yeah. uh, the the closest anything has come for me has been looking at a drift. But you know, I don't have to have VR to play that. I can play that on my big screen. You know, on a on an Xbox One or a PS4, and still enjoy it just as much. Yep, exactly. And sure. did you guys feel like VR is only built for just an experience and not? built for anything where we could talk about um, character development or 
um, storylines or, you know, really things like the, the normal things that we talk about with video games, you know, where we just be like, oh, what I did in this was my experience. Well, what was the story about? Um, it was, it's about a bear and you just interact with the bear. Like, do you think that that's going to be more compelling to say to people and have discussions with? Or do you think that VR will be able to open the door for people to uh, to see how a game really is, like playing it and stuff? I think I VR, so. I think VR is going to be stuck in a catch-22, to be completely yep. honest. It's it's going to be a case of it's so expensive that the user base isn't there for the people that can make the games that really drive a, a an amazing story narrative to to find it worth their time to develop for anything for VR and the going the other way I think that you know those that can afford VR are going to look at it and go for the most part at least there's not enough compelling shit on here for me to justify buying this, and it's going to be stuck in a catch-22, at least until just the the laws of economics bring the cost of it down. How, with the PlayStation VR, do you guys think that they need to have a strong library in order to sell the system? And what is the required, you know, time that a game should be for the PlayStation VR. Like, should it be five hours plus and the game costs 39 like $40? Or do you think they're going to charge us $60 and the game is only like three and a half? Oh, cool. I, that's time will tell. Like, because, like, if you look at Res, uh, Res Infinite, like, that's the selling point for a lot of people for the PlayStation VR. But if you play Rest itself, I think Rest is about a four to five hour um like gameplay, like game time if you if you decide to or I think it's six hours, you know, to experience that f- game in full. Like do you do that same thing with PlayStation VR? Would it be would it be the same? Would it be four or five hours and being charged sixty dollars or like you know, I'm not, I don't want to say that's the, uh, I'm probably am saying it like the price justifies the time that we're going to spend in it. Cause I know people are just like where, you know, it's not expected that you play the game for two to three hours. You kind of play it in short bits and stuff. I don't know. I, I think the, the comparison between how long a game is and how expensive it is, is frankly uh, a moot point is, you should not be locking your your game experience by how long something is. You know, don't artificially drag it out. How many games do we look at that come out and go, why, for fuck's sake, is it this long? It does not need to be. It's just artificially inflated. I, I think, you know, one of the biggest things that if I'm going to spend money on a game, I want it to be well-produced, and that includes, you know, what gets left on the cutting room floor, that it should be an appropriate length for the story or the narrative that you're trying to tell me. Don't pat it and inflate it just for the sake of being able to say, oh, my God, we've got 60 hours of gameplay and 30 of it you won't get of a shit about, but we'll leave that in an asterisk at the bottom of the box. Yep, I agree. Would it be DLC for VR? Oh God! No, let's not talk about that. I I, I don't want to get on that. I'm gonna get angry. 
I think there could be, but again, it just depends on what game you're talking about and, you know, what you're getting into. Hmm. You know, does, does, does the game merit having an expanding universe? You know, is, is there a way to do it competently where it feels, you know, good, where you don't feel like you got gypped out of half the game just so that they could charge you an extra 15 bucks later? To get more of the experience. Yeah. And the last question, do you think that in order for us to be sold on it, we really need to, like, go to Best Buy or Target? And, like, Sony definitely has to advertise this and get it on our eyes. Not get it in our hands, but get it on our eyes. Um, Do you think they need to, like, after E3, do you guys think that they need to start rolling, like, demo stations out, like, quickly? Like, maybe July or August? I don't want. I don't want to put something on my face that some, you know, greasy kid put on his face before. Like I don't want that. Are you kidding me? Like that sounds like the worst time ever. I think first and foremost, I need to see that there is a compelling reason for me to even want to purchase it in the first place. And we're not there yet. I haven't seen anything that makes me go, "Oh my God, I've got to have that to play this." Mm-hmm. It, that game's just not there yet. And even if that game is there, I think I do need to be able to get my hands on it somewhere and at least, you know, see how it how it actually functions in reality, not in a tech demo. There needs to be like an actual, like, well, I would say not a tech demo, but an actual, like, game demo, like a real-life level that's going to be an actual game that you can experience. Because I think definitely for me, if I'm going to be sold on it, I do want to try Res Infinite. I don't want to try anything else. I think Res Infinite will probably not sell me, but I would just like to get the experience of what it feels like. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for this lovely talk. We covered a whole bunch of stuff uh we do recommend everybody get shovel knight that much we do yes <laughs> that we do it's recommend. worth 25 bucks you cheap bastards <laughs> go buy it yeah so um larry do you have anything to plug before we go uh not really um you know i'm i'm out there on facebook come find me larry is always right giver i'm floating around the nbc uh video game uh book club Age as well. Um, beyond that, nothing at the moment. And Adrian, uh, anything you would like to plug? Um, yeah, uh, my, my company, the reason why I'm always tired and I never have energy, uh, differencemachine.com. Go check that out. Uh, we're still working on Tuna Cycle. Coming out that name of the surprisingly game. soon. So, um, Gentlemen and- Tuna! Yes, so I love, uh, yeah, I love, check that out for sure. I love that um, title name, Tuna Cycle. Like, yeah, I, I really do hope you guys make merchandise. Like, I want a t-shirt or a hoodie with that on. I, I want I'll, to see I'll, I'll see if you. I'll see if I can hook you up for sure. Um, but no, yeah, uh, we're we're working really hard on Tuna Cycle. Um, we are preparing ourselves for Calgary Expo, which is um, a local, quote unquote, Comic Con here. Um, so we're preparing, we're going to present the company there. We're going to have some demonstrations for tuna cycle. Hopefully the game will be out by then, but you know, it's game development. You, you can never be too certain about things. Uh, so yeah, we're working very hard on that. I'm actually working on uh, some other stuff. So there's, um, really cool things coming 
hopefully I'll be able to talk more about them soon. Uh, so yeah, yeah, just go to defrostingmachine.com. Uh, you can find uh, my developer account there. But you can find my personal account, which is on Twitter, which is um, Bajax, that's B-O-J-O-X-Z. Uh, I'm that on Instagram, Tumblr, uh, YouTube, everywhere, right? So yes. if you want to know what I think about stuff and why I hate Vita, just go and check that out. <laughs> and I do a podcast called Optional Opinion, which you can find on the anomalous radio network.podbean.com and at SoundCloud. Um, this week, where you listen to this episode, um, I have a feature out called Truth versus Justification. You guys can read that on IGN uh, under anime, E N I M E. Um, you also check us out at the MVC Video Game Book Club on Facebook. Uh, where we're playing Pokemon this month and we're getting ready for that discussion. So hopefully everybody has a 3DS and picked up a copy, red, blue, or yellow, um, and join us in the discussion. Uh, cannot wait to see what everybody thinks about this game. Um, if you like our podcast, um, you can email the show. Um, do we have a, a Gmail yet? Do we have the world? One? By the time the show drops, yes, it's going to be world 1.1 at gmail.com okay awesome and you can find that in the description oh you can also follow me on twitter at that retro code t-h-a-t-r-e-t-r-o-c-o-d-e friend me on facebook under edward varnell v as in victor a-r-n-e-l-l edward e-d-w-a-r-d some people think i say albert <laughs> like no that's the, <laughs> that's the wrong thing like i like I was getting a Starbucks one day and I said, uh, my name is Edward. And she was just like, Albert? Ab? I'm like, eh. I'm not in, I'm not Albert. Like, I'm who not. the fuck's Albert? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like what country bucket did you come from? <laughs> um Dude, it's it's actually quite amazing. Every time I go to Starbucks I just said, Oh, my name is A D and I've got an A B, A V A B <laughs> sometimes of course, but like the worst combinations possible. A B one time I was like, Man, like it's just it's just strange. That's why I go to Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, it's a Starbucks. It's what I do. I don't know what coffee you drink, Larry. Yeah, I don't drink coffee. I love the smell of it. I can't stand the taste. Really? Seriously? I just go for tea. I just go for tea, by the way. Yes, I don't drink coffee either. <sighs> I feel left out. Next time on the Coffee Podcast. <laughs> 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 what what did they see? Oh no, nothing. I was thinking of Retro Force ago. They they used to be like, uh, "Welcome to this kind of podcast," and they'll say something completely different. And Chad Casemo would say something completely. Different. But thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week. Um, have a great weekend. Uh, whenever you listen to this podcast, I want to thank Larry and Adrian um for this discussion, and we will see you guys next time. And we are out. Bye. Peace. Adrian, I've got your next video game pitch for your company. Wow. It came to me in a dream.